what we're starting to see in the self-service world is the use of AI as a kind of overlay on top of the self-service device. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Retail Asia's podcast in partnership with Thebold Nixdorf. In this episode, we'll be discussing the findings of a study titled Asia's Retail Journey Towards Self-Service, Delivering a Frictionless Customer Experience with Greater Efficiency. I'm Tim Charlton, publisher of Retail Asia, and joining me today is Matt Redwood, the Director of Advanced Self-Service Solutions at Thebold Nixdorf. Welcome, Matt. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Terrific. Now, Let's um, jump straight into it. Let's have a look at where we're at with self-service. According to the survey that you have done, 16% of retailers surveyed have implemented self-service. A third have started or they're trialing self-service systems. What does this say about how Asia is faring in self-service compared to other markets? Um, so I think there's a lot that we can read from this. Um, if I start by just setting the scene in terms of what we're seeing from the global self-service market, which is generally a shift towards self-service. Self-service has obviously been around for over 15 years now, and it was originally designed as a, a mechanism that retailers could implement to reduce their operating costs running a store. As the markets evolve, consumer expectations have changed, and obviously the pressures of retailers have evolved. What we're seeing now is, is retailers are deploying self-service because it gives them much greater flexibility. Uh, gives a much greater flexibility in terms of how they run their stores, how they engage with their consumers. And from a consumer perspective, we've really seen a, a pivot point where consumers not only expect self-service in many environments, they're actually starting to demand self-service. So the popularity of self-service is, is increasing and uh, retailers are putting more self-service out in, into the store. I think what we're seeing here in, in terms of these numbers, 16%, as you say, of retailers' surveys have implemented self-service, one a third. And have stated that they're trialing self-service. And I think this is a positive sign that, um, that self-service is really starting to pick up momentum within the region. And I think it's probably been a little bit slower than some of the other regions. Arguably, the US and EMEA regions really jumped on self-service very, very quickly. But they have a slightly different form factor. And I think it's taken a while for, for retailers within the APAC region to really understand where self-service fits within their operating model and what experience it can drive for consumers and therefore what's the business case that they want to deploy when they're putting self-service into the store. And it's probably a good reflection of, of the drive that there is towards convenience-type shopping. Consumers want fast, in-out um, shopping journeys. And self-service really supports that because you get better lane availability, a more touch points to use, less queues, and the consumer gets more control. And I think that's the criticality here. Consumers want control of how they transact and how they interact with, with the retailers' brands. So I'd say that the APEC region has got a strong self-service um, presence, but these numbers are going to increase dramatically and very, very quickly. Yeah. Now, Matt, looking at it, you know, I'm based in Singapore and I know a lot of the retailers there use it because staff are expensive and hard to buy. There are other countries in Asia where staff are plentiful and the salaries aren't so high. And that may be a reason why some retailers haven't moved to self-service, but perhaps you can tell me, and perhaps there are other reasons, even when they have quantities of staff available, why it still makes sense to move to self-service and when. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we would urge any of our retail customers to always start with the why. So what's the problem that you're looking to solve with the technology? 
generally when we, we see retail implementations where they've jumped on the technology primarily because their competitors have done it or they're seeing that in the industry. Generally, what we see in those, use, in those cases is that um, they deploy the technology, the pilot kind of work, consumers kind of use it, but it, it doesn't really go any further than that. So what we always urge our, our, our retail customers and partners to do is to, to think about what's the problem that you're looking to solve. And that could be a, a whole magnitude of different topics. It might be that you can't find staff or you know staff recruitment or even retention is very, very difficult. And therefore, this solves that issue. It might be that you want to boost consumer experience because the rise of online is threatening the bricks and water store. Or it might be that you just can't keep up with the peaks and troughs of, of customer flow and therefore you get queues built up at, at certain times of, of the day or the week or, or the year. Starting with the problem statement is really, really important. And then we take a, a kind of data-driven approach to actually help retailers understand, well, this is the issue that we're trying to solve. What's the right technology that you should put into your store to try and solve that? And really tailor that technology to each one of the stores because every store is different, right? So I think the staffing is definitely accelerating that, um, I think particularly at the moment and also, you know, through the pandemic, uh, the uncertainty of how many staff are going to come in today because some might be unwell with COVID, but also the, the retainment uh, levels of staff is pretty low. So the, the churn of staff is really, really high. And so it's very difficult for retailers to deliver a consistent experience to their customers with members of staff that are very green and maybe haven't gone through the same level of training or have the same level of experience of some of their longer serving staff members. So self-service really helps in that situation. For markets that don't have a staffing issue, um, there is still absolutely a, a need and a want for self-service, um, but for probably different reasons. And I'd say the, the biggest reason is consumer experience. If you go into a traditional store that might have only kind of attendant point of sale, what you generally see nine times out of 10 when you go into that store is one lane is open or two lanes are open. And the reality is, is the retailer doesn't have the payroll capacity or the need to have members of staff sitting behind all of their tills 100% of the time. It just doesn't make sense. So if you go into that store, and you're, you're queuing up to be served with the one till that's open and you look and you see four or five tills that are closed, it's, it's not a great consumer experience because you think, well, you've got the technology there. Why are you not using it? And generally those staff are in other areas of the store, stocking shelves or, or dealing with customer experience. And what self-service allows you to do is have all of your lanes open hundred percent of the time. So from a consumer's perspective, I've got lots of channels in which I could transact and, and ultimately check out of the store. You reduce the queues, you drive a better consumer experience. That consumer is then more likely to come back to that store because queuing is the biggest bugbear of a consumer. And if there's no queues, it's a quick process. You get a good experience. I'm going to come back to that store because it was so good. So you get repeat revenue, you get return of revenue. And so the loyalty to your brand and to that store increases. So there is a business case for self-service for every retailer in any market. Um, regardless of what business problems you're trying to solve. Yeah, I'm definitely the sort of person that looks and sees what's going to be faster, the queue for the human or doing self-service checkout. Of course, I normally prefer a human, but if I just got a few items and the queue is longer, I'll go to the self-service checkout and it is nice to have it there. Now, obviously, you know, the grocery retailers and supermarkets are first on this, but are there other segments of retail where you're seeing an uptick in demand or usage of self-service checkouts? Yeah, we are. It's... Um, it's been, I'd say it's been a long time coming. Groceries, obviously, 
gone hell for leather on self-service and really adopted it right across the board. But we're starting to now see retailers in other sub-verticals really look at self-service because ultimately the the business issues that we've talked about that you know, a few inconvenience retailer might have were exactly the same as, as a grocery scenario, um, maybe with a, f- a few nuances. And so self-service is really an applicable technology to many sub-verticals. So we're really seeing the rise of self-service in fuel and convenience as the, the fuel and convenience sector is moving through a shift to more convenience type shopping with fuel. And obviously the rise of electric cars where you're spending more time at a site also compounds that situation where um, while I'm charging my car, I'm going to go in and do my weekly shop in the convenience store. And they have the same issues that a traditional grocery convenience retailer would have. So we're starting to see more and more deployments in the fuel and convenience space. Um, fashion is a really um, interesting area where we're starting to see more and more self-service touch points, but deployed in slightly different ways. Fashion is a, is, is a segment that has really adopted RFID technology for their warehousing and stock management much more than, than say, grocery retailers. We're starting to see fashion retailers put two and two together, connecting RFID scanning technology with self-service as a checkout technology. So we're seeing some really exciting deployments with RFID at checkout within the fashion environment, and as well, actually using self-service in different areas of the store. So we, we think of self-service, we traditionally think of checkout, but you can also use it as check-in. So if you're doing click and collect journey, rather than having a member of staff and um, greet the person and um, put up their order, then go and collect it, actually enable that consumer to walk up to a kiosk and say, yep, I'm in store. This is the order number I've come to collect, you know, and we send the message to the back office to pick up the order and then bring it out to that consumer. So the check-in self-service journey is, is becoming more and more popular. And then the third journey where we're seeing self-service in fashion is actually at the fitting rooms where retailers are putting self-service devices in the fitting rooms because if you've got to queue up to wait for a fitting room, you then try on the clothes that you want to buy. And it's a bad experience if I then have to go to the checkout and then queue again. So enabling consumers to kind of combine those two functionalities and check out in the fitting room um, is a really exciting deployment that we're seeing feeling convenient. And then the third, I would say is, is um, hospitality. It's been around a while in hospitality and some of the big guns have obviously had order and pay and uh, self-service devices in the stores, but we're really now seeing a shift in those environments, again, because of labor situation, more to 100% self-service uh, sites. So, you know, retailers might have um, a couple of order and pay kiosks in the front of their restaurant. They might have some smaller devices or even table service. Um, and that, what that does is it enables all of their staff to be unlocked, to be in the kitchen and making the food or serving the food. Um, again, it, it gives much greater flexibility to how that retailer runs their restaurant. Yeah, I think obviously in the last two years, people have been forced to adapt to technology. So I think your consumer acceptance is much easier to get them to do this sort of stuff. Now, your report shows that 33% of retailers are at the trial or pilot stage. And earlier you touched on that it sort of doesn't go well sometimes for them. Can you sort of tell us, I would imagine most retailers think, I understand self-service, I just have to do it. But what do they get wrong in their trials? You know, and how would they design a better trial? Sure. That is a really, really good question. So it's quite simple, actually, that a lot of retailers will look at self-service as another technology touch point, a kind of build it and they will come mentality. And they treat it almost like a point of sale device that 
if I implement it and put it into the stores, consumers will just use it. And the reality is it's it's a very, very different deployment approach, putting self-service into putting traditional point of sale, because you've really got to take the store staff, the store operations and the customers on a journey to implement the technology successfully. So the first thing I would say is it's not just about the technology. It's also about the operation. Operationalizing that technology in the store is really, really important. And that flows all the way from making sure you're putting the right technology into the store to putting it in the right place in the store to getting the layout right that's conducive to a good customer experience, makes it easy for consumers to use. Training your starts, which sounds really simple, but ultimately self-service can be seen as a device that might be taking away a job. They're bringing staff on that journey to say, well, this is actually a device that's going to help you out. It's going to make your life easier and means that you could be more flexible in terms of what you do in a day. You're not just going to be sat behind the till scanning items. You're going to be serving the customer. You're going to be delivering the consumer experience. Getting the staff buy-in of the devices is really important because they portray to the customers ultimately what a good solution it is and, and how it can help the end consumer. And then the, the final thing I think is data. So the successful self-service checkout deployments really analyze what happens in the store to identify that problem statement. What are we trying to achieve with self-service? Um, putting the right self-service into the store, but then also measuring the success. So once I've deployed it, um, what we do with a lot of our retailers we, is we analyze the data. What's happening in the store after we've deployed self-service? And we build in this ethos of continuous improvement that there might be tweaks or changes that we need to make to the technology, the staffing models, and the operational best practice installed to drive the greatest efficiency. So generally a, a pilot will fail if you haven't done that prep work to really understand the what, the why, the how, you know, to deliver the right operations and the staffing piece. But then the continuous improvement piece is important because you know, as you know, consumer expectations and trends change very, very quickly. Technology changes very, very quickly. So you've got to continually kind of nurture the technology once it's in the store, tweak it, improve it, you know, to make sure you're getting the best out of it. And that's where we see retailers then fly with the technology and, and they roll it out across their entire estate. Yeah. And of course, what we've seen a lot of retailers experiment with uh, around the world and also in Asia is different concepts of stores. So for example, in Singapore, there's a, a big retailer and they actually have stores where there's no staff there. So the whole store you check in and you check out and, and it's sort of self-service retail. So can you just sort of give us an insight as to how these new concepts are going? Everything from Amazon Go, which I, I tried in, uh, in London, is, is fantastic. What do retailers in Asia need to be prepared for in terms of either they need to change and adapt and try new concepts or other people will come in and do it? Where are we headed with self-service? If you could look forward five, 10 years. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think that the key to, to self-service, particularly in the short to midterm, is agility of, of technology. Um, I think what a lot of retailers find is that they choose the software provider, they choose the hardware provider, and they're pretty much locked in. And that creates inflexibility in, in their uh, ability to adapt and change over time. And ultimately, you know, I think retail technology is the most exciting industry because you've got technology, which is always evolving and, and, and moves incredibly quickly. And you've got retail, which also moves incredibly quickly. And, and we always say that when a consumer has a good experience, that automatically becomes their benchmark for any new experience. So retailers have got a really tough job where they're being squeezed from both sides and consumers are expecting more and more. 
So the agility is really, really key because it allows that retailer to evolve the self-service technology over a period of time. You mentioned Amazon Go, and uh, there are a lot of companies now that provide um, autonomous uh, customer journeys, but I think it, it's no secret and you can, there's lots of reports that have been done online in terms of the cost of implementing that technology is very, very high. Of course, it will come down and we need, we need these guys and these deployments because it drives the cost of the technology down. But ultimately, what's really important is what's the technology that will bridge the gap between the today and the Amazon goes and the just walk out technologies of, of tomorrow. What we're starting to see in the self-service world is the use of AI as a kind of overlay on top of the self-service device. So some of the friction points of the areas of inefficiency, for example, how do I deal with non-barcoding items? Um, how do I deal with shriek situations? How do I deal with the unexpected item in the bagging area? Using AI on top of the self-service device means you can actually remove a lot of those issues and friction points associated with self-service. And what that delivers is a better consumer experience and more efficient staff because they're not spending their time clearing interventions that shouldn't have happened. Um, but ultimately what retailers are doing is, is building an AI based solution for their stores, which will evolve no doubt into autonomous stores or of tomorrow. But you mentioned as well, the store formats, you know, there's a broad range of types of store format, not only in grocery, but across many other sub verticals. And it's really important that you get the right technology mix um, for the format right. It's not a one-size-fits-all model. So you've got to really focus on what's the right technology for me today, for my stores, for my formats, for my consumers, and how am I going to evolve that technology over the next five, 10 years with a lot of these emerging technologies that you may want to add to self-service. So Open APIs is a great example where you can plug in third-party innovations really, really quickly. You can drive that agility and you can continually evolve and move forward your consumer experience within your store. Yes, Rui, well, look, a lot, a lot covered there, Matt. And I want to thank you very much for your time today to discuss uh, everything self-service, but there is more. So for people who are listening to this uh, podcast or reading it, uh, we will actually be doing a whole webinar about this and it's interactive. So as a retailer, you can ask any questions. Uh, the webinar is At a Crossroad, Rethinking Retail to Fit a New World for Asia. It's a virtual fireside chat. And it's going to be happening on October 4th, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Singapore time. Um, you can register on the podcast description for that. So, Matt, thank you very much for your time again. Uh, thanks for having me, Tim. It's a great conversation. And uh, we look forward to exploring these issues more during the fireside chat. That's it from Retail Asia. And look forward to talking to everybody again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>